Welcome to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Come dive into today's episode sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today, I have Sabo with me. Sabo is a military veteran who uses music as therapy and shares his story. So, Sabo, I would love it if you could tell our guests just a little bit about yourself and where you grew up when you were a kid. We'll start from there. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's a true pleasure, and I know we've been trying to coordinate this for a while now. Yeah. But um, but thank you, thank you. Um, as far as my childhood, mm-hmm. uh, well, I grew up in Miami, so that alone tends to to grow up uh, a tougher skin than normal kids, I guess you would say. I grew up in Miami, I was a military brat, so I got to travel a lot at an early age. So I wasn't really able to, I guess, get a lot of friends early in the beginning because of the constant travel. So I kind of became more isolated than normal kids uh, because I knew once I I got a nice, a best friend, it was on the road again. So I, I got to see a lot of uh, different schools, different states at an early age, from Texas to Michigan, experienced the cold weather. Um, but finally, when, when um, my stepdad, who was in the Coast Guard, he retired as a chief. He pretty much was stationed in Miami for the, pretty much for the remainder of his career. And that's where I blossomed as a, a young teenager, should I say, and went from there. That's interesting. I had no idea you were a military brat or that you lived in Michigan, my home state, (laughs) and I'm in Florida now. So um, tell us a little bit about when you say you kind of blossomed as a teenager. Um, How how was your years as a teenager? And you ended up joining the military. So what made you decide to make that decision? Well, when I say blossom as a teenager, I would like to pretty much, for example, I would experience a lot of things that your normal teenager kids would not, in a sense, growing up in a big city, growing up around violence and, you know, your typical inner city uh, stuff, drugs, things of that nature. Um, Pretty much everything that we're dealing with now in in our current state with, uh, you know, police and policing and all that stuff. So I, I, I experienced that at an early age, um, pretty much throughout middle school, uh, half of high school. I would just keep it short and say, I got a little bit into a little bit of trouble and um, relocated to Jacksonville. And that's pretty much where I graduated high school. I would say at that time, that's where I met my wife. And uh, I was what, 17, 16, 17 years old. Wow, that's you young. Got, she got pregnant and that's when I was still in high school and I had to make a life decision to say, okay, it's not really about myself no more. It's about my firstborn in a sense. And I had to make a life altering decision. And then it just, it just came natural, the transition because of, again, being a military brat, all my side of my stepdad's family um, were pretty much military so it it was already instilled in my head and I said you know what this is it and I had to make a decision whether to join the army or join the marines and 
at that time, the, the Army gave me a better deal, and that's who I went with. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty big deal to have a child that young and to actually know to come to the conclusion, though, that you needed to take care of it because some youngsters don't take care of their children, you know, yeah. when they're that young. So when now you join the military, mm -hmm. what was your conversation like with the recruiter? I like asking that question. Oh, fairly. I mean, it was fairly easy because I already had my mindset. So I was probably one of the easiest recruits, you know. Um, I want to kind of dial it back before because uh, I'm, I'm very grateful of the day. It was pretty much I somehow was able to push through with the help of my wife, of course, push through high school and I was able to graduate. But the same day I graduated was the same day my son was born. Wow. So not only what, not only that I had a run back, you know, was there for the birth. I had a run for graduation, say my piece. And then while everybody went to go party, I ran back to the hospital, you know, to comfort obviously my wife who mm -hmm. just had a baby. And um, so that was a crazy day, for example. But as far as your question, I it was it was fairly easy. I mean, I, I had my mindset on what I wanted to do. So it was just a matter of getting the waiver because I was still underage for my parents and joining the military. And I would say I, I know a lot of people have uh, recruiters nightmares in a sense or, or stories. <laughs> Mine was pretty good. He didn't really lie to me. I got to basic training and everything that he told me, you know, became to life. So, I mean, that's pretty much it for that one. So here you are really young yeah. joining the military. You go into boot camp. Oh, yeah. Were you like, oh, man, what did I do? Or did you like it? <laughs> uh, I would say the first the first 20 minutes, I was like, <laughs> What did I get myself into? Um, and then I realized that wasn't even boot camp. That was just the holding area. <laughs> um, mainly because it was cold. I, I went to boot camp in Kentucky. Oh, man. In the middle of the winter. So I'm from Florida. I'm from Miami. So it was so cold. I remember it being so cold. And they had us in um, PT gear, which is like a short sleeve and little shorts and I'm we're standing outside and I'm freezing and I'm regretting that's when I regretted my decisions like what did I get myself into but you know I kind of peeked to the left and then I kind of peeked to the right and I see all these other kids pretty much having the same you know um doubts and I was like nah this is gonna be fine just gotta get through this cold and that's it they shuffled us into um the defect which is the cafeteria uh, that's when we, you know, they began to feed us. And then that's when I realized, oh, this ain't even basic training. It hasn't even started yet. This ain't even day one. This is just a holding area, which we were there for like, I want to say three to four days. And then we went to basic training. And then that's when everything, all the drill sergeants and the chaos. And, and that I was okay with that. I was like, to me, it was more controlled chaos. I'm like, okay, this, this is what, this is what it is. It's, mm -hmm. Once I realized it was more of a character game in a sense, it just made it easier. Like, okay, this is this is not they can't be this way twenty four seven. You know, they, there's no way to wake up in the morning yelling. You know, like I get it, I get it. So, and then 
I just stayed to myself, honestly. I stayed to myself. They respected that. They would call me to the side and they would try to pretty much, I guess their biggest thing, you know, in hindsight after graduation was they wanted to, they, they knew my background from Miami. They knew the type of lifestyle that I lived and they just wanted me to be more of a stronger leader, more of an open leader to the rest of the guys. And then I took that, I failed a couple of times and, but I took it for what it was worth. Mm-hmm. There he is. <laughs> He's gonna be part of the interview. <laughs> yeah, look at him. Hi. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so I'm wondering what was number one, like the number one lesson that you learned in boot camp? Ooh, there was a lot of lessons. Um, you know what? That's a good question. I, I wouldn't, I, it would be hard to pinpoint one because, I mean, 17, 18 years old, first time being away from my family like that. Um, first time pretty much trying to figure out myself. Um, this was before iPhones and, you know, smartphones we actually had a pay phone <laughs> i would just say probably one of the, the the lessons that i gained was after that i can do anything pretty much after mm-hmm. being put through that element and it almost felt like in hindsight now it almost felt like the way i grew up in miami was the training grounds for how i would react in base through basic training while guys were folding and guys were getting this culture shock, you know, there was guys there who, they, there was the first time they saw a white person or there was the first time they saw a black person. It was, it was wild to me because I grew up in such a multicultural uh, system in a sense. So I'm sitting there like, are you serious right now? Like, yeah, I've only seen them on TV. I'm like, oh, this is crazy, mind blowing. Yeah. But the one lesson I learned was that, um, Pretty much anything is possible if you put your mind and your your mind to it. Anything is possible during that control chaos environment. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask, when did you start getting into music? Because those who are listening might not know that you're in the music industry and you're actually pretty big in the music industry. Thank um, you, thank you. Yes. Um, so when did you start getting interested in music? And I want to kind of mesh this in with your military story that we have coming up here. Well, it's a long story, but I'm going to try to keep it short. It was you know, when I grew up in music. I was always into music. It was just a natural thing. I just never took it serious till my first deployment overseas. This was we talking about 04, 05. Um, it was a group of a group of soldiers who came together to try to, you know, stop, you know, worry about not to not worry about what's going on on mission because we were constantly on mission. So our little off time that we had, we would just come together and do music in our little our little connexes. And then after a while, I saw the the inspiration behind it on the guys who just random guys would come knock on my door and say, Hey, I heard you guys are recording. And I'm like, I mean, we're not officially recording. We got like this little microphone 
uh, little rinky dinky sound thing. But yeah, we were recording if you want to join us. And then that kind of just spread, spread out to the, the, the base. And next thing you know, we I put together, was able to put together a talent show in the middle of Iraq, was able to, you know, bring up, build up the morale and and get dancers and magicians and rappers and do this little talent show in, in Taji, Iraq. And then from there I came home and I said, I think I got something here. I think I'm able to to project this energy and I just started taking it serious. And that's when I started doing shows in Texas and started actually recording. But it wasn't until I got out the service is when I, which was 2007, I'd say maybe a year later is when I released my first album. Mm-hmm. And so what is the name of your first album? My first album is titled A Soldier's Battle Cries. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I admire about you is you do sing a lot and tell people a lot about post-traumatic stress. Yes. Now, when you were in Iraq, I can't assume that you have PTSD from there, but I'm guessing so. Um, could you tell us a little bit about why why you put together some of the songs that you did put together? Because some people might not even know what post-traumatic stress is. Well, I mean, initially, um, when I released my first album, I was in the transition phase from active duty to civilian life. So that was probably my darkest time. I would say two years, two years of, well, I would probably say three years of just trying to refine myself in a sense, transforming from this i would have i would have to say like this this military you know trained individual trained killer in a sense and i have to reformat my whole brain to say okay i can't be that same way the way i was in the military in the same way in the civilian life and eventually trying to figure that stuff out stuff out on my own was was super hard eventually i ended up um Getting, getting a job, finding a mentor who helped me through that process. was like, look, you can't be on 20% all the time. You have to dial it down when you talk to with these customers and work in security, responding to a call, and I have a senior citizen. I can't just be on 10. Like, you know, I have to, do, I have to dial it down and be able to articulate all this stuff. So that helped me through the process of the like Boone Cutler, our, our mutual friend Boone Cutler um, says, um, re-identifying ourselves. We lose ourselves for a while. We have to tap in and find ourselves again, our identity, our mission pretty much. And once I did that, I was able, throughout this whole time, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. And that was my form of therapy. I was able to ex- you know, let all those emotions, all that stuff pour out on paper. And eventually I just started recording and it wasn't purposely done. It was just a form of me relieving myself, you know, all the pain, all the agony that I was going through at that time, all those dark times on paper. And it eventually became song formatted. Mm -hmm. So when I released that first album, um, it was good. It was like, okay, I felt like a, a weight off my shoulders, you know, a weight off my shoulders. I wasn't expecting it to go nowhere. 
eventually, I, I believe we have another mutual friend, Soldier Hard, uh, found out he was doing something on his, on his side, because I'm in Florida, he's in California. We kind of combined forces, and then here we are, you know, six albums later. So, And I have to say that I know a lot of veterans who have told me that your music helps them, and same with Soldier Hard. Um, I knew a guy in Michigan, I'll say his name out loud, a lot, Pete Mattis, um, amazing guy. Um, but he ended up passing away a couple years ago. But up after he was out of the military, I guess, he had a really, really hard time transitioning. And back in 2007, all the way up till even now, there's, you know, you have to go through these transition classes now, but nobody can really prepare the veteran for their transition. Mm -hmm. And your music really helped Pete. It helped a lot of people. Um, so it's not just helping you by letting right. yourself, you know, write and get those feelings out, but it's helping other people too. Um, where can people hear your music? Uh, everywhere, honestly. Um, every every and any digital platform that's out now, um, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, um, Pandora, they can find it at any digital platform or they can also go to the web, my website at www.nsa-entertainment.com. But um, I want to touch on that a little bit because it wasn't until I want to say my second or third album where it finally, it finally clicked, it tuned in that my, pretty much my pain was everybody's, everyone's so much gain. It was, it wasn't until it clicked like, wow, you know, when I'm starting to get these, these emails and these, these responses that of how the music is somehow saving their lives in a sense or preventing them from committing suicide. That's when it, I was blown away. You know, I was like, wow, this this is this is crazy. How, how is this? No pun intended, but this is crazy how this my my pain is is preventing somebody else's, you know, jumping off the ledge type of thing. Mm -hmm. So when that clicked, I I honestly it opened up my my optics a little bit more where I started to focus more on suicide prevention and you know, hence on the 22 plus one and out more of an outreach presence because I realized that this, this, I'm not in this fight alone. There's hundreds, if not thousands of veterans who don't have that initial outlet. Like I have to, to, to write and, and produce music. Some guys just don't have that. And all they have is the, the, the sound going through their, their, their ears. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a, intimate, I want to say, I would say intimate topic that um, I hope to one day, you know, help as many veterans as I can. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of places are shut down. So you probably haven't been able to go live um, to live events, but mm -hmm. on your Facebook, mm -hmm. I've seen you go live. <laughs> um, so how can people watch your stuff? Obviously, I know how to connect with you. And for those listening, I'll be sure to share the links, but go ahead and tell our listeners who may be driving right now um, where they can go to your website, your social social media contacts. I mean, I can, depending on what's your preference, platform, 
Instagram is N-S-A-E-N-T. You can find me under Sabo as well. Um, everything's on the website. If it's more, you know, I want to say dummy proof. You can just go on there, bah, 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 find everything. Um, but I mostly go on live on Facebook. Instagram, I just keep it for more of an intimate, like, photo stuff. But I, I, I normally go on live to try to, you know, speak, get more of one, a one-to-one with the people and, and see what they're going through, what they're talking about um, at Sabo, N-S-A-E-N-T. Now, I have to ask, the, your son who has popped in the video, yeah. is that your son that you had? Because ha- that has to be a different son than the one that was being born on your graduation day, right? Because yeah. he's too young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my, that my third and final, my final kid. That's my seven-year-old. You've reached the final frontier. <laughs> I've reached the final. No, no, my, my oldest one, he's 18 now. He just turned 18 in May. Yeah, he's a, he's an adult now. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they think about you doing all this stuff for veterans? Honestly, it's 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 cliche um, when you hear these mainstream artists and, you know, when they have their families and and they ask them or they ask their, their kids, like, what do you think about daddy performing on stage? And half of them, it doesn't, they don't even realize, you know, they're just in their own little worlds. They're like, you know, I see my dad recording, whatever. It's just natural to them. Um, honestly, they don't, they don't think much of it, which is crazy to me. And I try to, I try to involve them. I got videos with, with my two older kids and, and, and certain videos. And you can kind of see like they're progressing in age, which is, which is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've, grown up around it what is even more should i say weird in a sense is that my youngest the one that just popped in he has no clue um of the military you know background he's like whatever my dad was a soldier okay whatever the other two they get it they they went through the deployments without their daddy they you know they 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 were old enough to see, okay, my dad's in Afghanistan for how many rotations, He's, he was in Iraq. But this guy here, he's, he's totally clueless. <laughs> <laughs> he should know how helpful you've been to other people though. I think that's Eventually. really important. Eventually he'll get it, but. Yeah, he will, he's a little young yet. All right, so you have a new album out. I do. Tell us about it. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Um. The album title is Prolonged Exposure. I just released it on July 4th. Um, I would, I'm a little biased, obviously, but uh, I, I probably would say this is one of my best albums um, so far. I think every artist says that about their albums, but it, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff was put into this album. Um, I would say I put myself in a real life case study through the VA ranks, um, hence on why I, I titled it Prolonged Exposure. Hmm. Um, I just decided one day I was going, I was going through it. I was having uh, one of those, you know, down waves in a sense. And I went to the VA and I said, look, I, something's gotta change. I'm tired of riding these waves. I gotta figure this out. And I didn't know about all the new programs that they had for mental health. So they 
presented me a couple other different ones that I haven't really done before. And I've done the one-on-ones. I've done the, the group counselings and stuff like that. Um, and I've just said, you know what? What do we have? What's the options? So they have music therapy now. They have prolonged exposure therapy. They have more of, um, I forgot what the other one is, more of an intense, intense, like psychotherapy, I think you would call it. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let's try one by one. So I did the music therapy. I loved it. Um, just being almost like the camera in the room as an artist, I was able to gain a lot of information from that. And uh, prolonged exposure. I, I did about maybe two sessions and I realized I'm not ready for it just yet, you know, because I had so much stuff on my, um, you know, trying to get the album and everything ready, school and stuff like that. I had so much things on my plate. I was like, I, I can't not dedicate 110% in this in, in order for this to work. So I have to pretty much recluse myself, you know, um, and go from there. And she, the doctor understood. So whenever you're ready, come back. But that's, there were, that, that whole situation was an inspiration behind the, the, the title. Hmm. Only because I don't think a lot of people knew or know what specialties certain VAs have for mental health. So that was my way of more um, spreading the knowledge in a sense. Mm-hmm. And obviously the music just speaks for itself. Right. I know a lot of people are using music therapy, a lot of veterans, and it's really helping them. And I just want to say thank you for using your talents to help other people, because that's a really big thing to do. And I I think that's part of your healing process too. Oh You know, Um, so again, uh, give your social media websites. Website, www.nsa-entertainment.com. You can find me on Instagram, NSAENT. Facebook, YouTube, just look up Sabo and it's A-N-T and you'll find me. I can't hide. (laughs) Thank you. No, you can't hide from us. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thank you, Sabo, for being a great guest and um, going into detail about your music, why you why you decided to start writing and how you help other people buy it. So everybody um, be sure to go to Sabo's website and I'll have all those links for you on our podcast links. So thank thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do. Sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. For more information and updates, check out www.pattycatter.com or thepatrioticmermaid.com. Also, make sure to drop us a follow on Instagram at Wake Up With Patty Catter and at The Patriotic Mermaid. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, take care.